Somebody's supposed to say something here. Oh, shit. I think that's you. Boss ain't here this week. <laughs> the kids running the asylum this week on the Band from Ringside podcast. We're going to go over the New Japan Destruction Tour. We're going to go over who turns first. Will it be Dean Ambrose or will it be Drew McIntyre? And we're going to talk about what actually happened in Milwaukee. That and a whole bunch more on this week on the Band from Ringside podcast. He's so good. He could- one take. Get the One fuck take. out of here. Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel live. Hello, Marks. Welcome to another edition from the Band from Ringside Podcast. I am your special guest host this week, Jason Cornelius Bell, aka JCB Special, aka Smarko Unchained. Oh, You're welcome. Oh, just because it's a little oh, different. That's yeah, that's because I like to mess with people. And to my right, my man, my ace boo coon, AC two beer, Zach Povin. <laughs> Talk to me, two beer. What's going on? Uh, it's a pretty good day, man. It's like the first day of season six in Fortnite. So like, I'm <laughs> kind of as much as I'm excited to be here. Like, I really can't wait to get home and play. So. Are you getting Dexter in bed at a reasonable hour when you guys play Fortnite? Oh yeah, absolutely. Although I did download it as soon as I woke up this morning and when he got up like an hour earlier than he did because it's like Christmas morning and he played for like an hour and a half before school so I like where his head's at yeah. you keep this up you're not gonna have to work for a living and to his <laughs> right taking my spot on technical on all things friendship my man Chris Murray man Murray Murray man talk to me what's good they just gave away my first name nobody knows my first name nobody's so gonna now, care shit now no, like tens like, of people do yeah I was yeah. getting ready to say it's, it's the 70 or 80 people that are watching us on multiple <laughs> different visions they'll be okay nonetheless I'm doing great friendship is great and I'm drinking a beer for the first time in a long time, so it could get weird. Oh, yeah. It's great. Just about to say just what Bill wants to hear. Live from luscious, beautiful Shock City Studios, we have one, two, three different ways you can see us this week. One on Facebook, one on Twitter, one on Instagram. We can go over the social media now. Get that out the way on Facebook. You can find us on Friends of BFR at also, Band from Ringside Podcast, where you could probably see this going on right now on Twitter, where you are on BFR Pod Live. I am BFR JCB. To my right is BFR Zach. Murray. What? Twitter? Twitter. At Murray Man with three N's. Sam, you want to pop your Twitter? I don't use it. Okay, good man. <laughs> and then once again on Instagram, BFR Pod. And for the missing Bill, BFR Bill. Get... Follow this man. He's awfully freaking lonely. He has no followers. He wants somebody that he control. <laughs> Welcome to beautiful Shock City Studios. I skipped. I'm sorry. Jumped ahead. Sam the Mall, Mr. Mauler, Mr. Perfect in the house. Behind the wheels of steel. We're going to get this thing rolling. With, well, I should say that. Let's talk about our sponsorship first because they help keep this game going. First and foremost, we're going to talk about that day one ish, that soul taco, mm. that Korean Mexican style fusion food. I was there Tuesday, just figured out why not because I knew I was going to have to talk about this on the pod. Why not taste said product that I love? So it had been a while to boot since I've been there. So I walked in, got me a double burrito, uh, double steak burrito. Walked out feeling good, popped into work, and then didn't want to work. So, ladies and gentlemen, my question to you is, do you want to sit back and relax for the rest of the afternoon? If you do, I would suggest you tromp your narrow ass down to Soul Taco, get you a burrito, get you some of those quesadillas, get you some of them pot stickers, them tacos, them kimchi fries. Tell them from Bam from Ringside Century, you can hit us up at the Loop St. Louis area. You can go to Chesterfield, which I haven't been yet, but I did get my Nikes from Chesterfield. Another story for another time. You can go to Chicago. Hit him up in Chicago, Columbia, Champagne. Two food trucks going around. Soul Taco, ladies and gentlemen. Hit him up. Tell him Bam from Ringside Century. Your second sponsor this evening is from JJ Twigs. When my work wife found out I was going to do the podcast this week and I was going to go to JJ Twigs to do a little more of product tasting, if you will, work wifey said, hey, I I want something from JJ Twig. So she went online and found herself a buffalo chicken salad. Mixed field greens. You got the buffalo chicken. Choice of dressings. All made in-house. 
uh, Provel cheese. Uh, what is it? Red onion. I'm forgetting something else. I can't think of it. Tomatoes. The tomatoes are really good. Nice fat cherry tomatoes. We split a pizza. It was almost romantic. Good thing she has a boyfriend. Otherwise, her boyfriend would be mad at me. Go check him out at <laughs> Southampton. Part of the Southampton Mafia. 56 Southampton. JJ Twigs once again. Tell him Ban from Ringside sent you. And with that, without further ado, I'm ready. You're ready. Crank it up. Let's get started with our three count. That was aggressive. Hey, <laughs> APM's in the house. I'll kick it off. One count tonight. We'll start with Raw. The opening of Raw, obviously, is centered around Drew McIntyre and uh, Dean Ambrose. And who is ultimately going to jump ship from their quote-unquote faction? Both sides playing the other to the middle. We put a poll on BFR um, pod this week on Twitter. 57% think that, I'm sorry, uh, Dean Ambrose is going to jump ship first, where it kind of looked like towards the end of Raw, there was a little tease about uh, Dean jumping over to the, what do they call themselves, the Dogs of War? Is that what their faction name is? Okay, great. Sounds good. Anyway, they teased it at the end. Dean goes back in to celebrate with the Shield after their victory. So, here's the question. Who turns first? Uh, Dean Ambrose is going to turn. That's a thing. It's like it's it's actually in the cards. When it happens, we don't know. I don't know if McIntyre is going to turn first, but we've been talking about this. McIntyre is going to turn on Ziggler. We know it. We know that for a fact. That's going to be the whole angle to get him to be a singles competitor, to be a superstar, because he's definitely a Vince guy. And he's improved leaps and bounds since the last time he was in WWE. He was great in NXT. Had that injury, but thankfully he was going out on his back that night anyway. Right? Couldn't have happened at really a better time. He didn't cool off at all. He came back. And he's cut some great promos. He's done some great camera work. He obviously looks good in the ring. Um, but no, like it's definitely been like reported Meltzer and uh, other folks that it Ambrose is supposed to turn on the shield like this time. We just don't know when. Uh, I don't know who does it first. Um, I don't even really care. I'm actually just happy that there's a storyline on Raw that I care about. Do you have a problem with the same storyline going on at the same time where you have Dolph trying to turn Dean and then you have it going on the other side going with Drew trying to talk uh no I mean if anything it reminds me of back in the Attitude Era when a lot of those stories intermeshed and and that's what kind of helped conclude a lot of those stories like he said for the first time in a while especially including those crew of characters I'm invested in what's going to happen next I don't think it's going to unless they unless they set it up to where they're making it seem like the shield had not had to split up because Dean left. If this is the time frame that was they're still the shield, they've been in the shield this whole time. I don't think they're going to flip Dean yet. I think that if they do it right, they'll tease it for a little while longer. You yeah, know, at I, least that's, maybe up until WrestleMania. That's why I picked Drew because the money is in the shield. Same. They're not selling Dogs of War t-shirts or whatever. We don't even know the real fucking name. Right. I, I don't know. Is that a real thing? Uh, yeah, it's yeah. close enough. So, ahead, sort yeah. of. But they're selling shield t-shirts. So just logically, it makes sense to flip Drew first. Ambrose is looking great. Right. Uh, since he came back, like his new demeanor is so much better. And I liked him before. I mean, he carried SmackDown for a fucking year. So he's a little um, less silly right now. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's like, yeah. I'll kick your fucking ass. Right, yeah, and that's why I think a lot of people, myself included, had a problem with Dean Ambrose. Is that I don't even re- I don't remember his NXT run, but I do remember that a lot of people marveled how you know great he was. He was serious, and right. you know that kind of the Johnny Moxley character morphed into Dean Ambrose, and then he became this like you know little slapstick. The James Ellsworth angle really didn't help matters that much. Yeah. I guess where I'm going with this, I only thing I have a problem with this is that if you're gonna if you're gonna flip Dean and Dean Ambrose, that's fine. Just let's focus on that. Don't try to you know make this like a double agent kind of deal where you know now we're going to work on the other side or wherever we're going to work on Drew. Drew's going to flip too. We know this. Yeah. Dean is going to flip. Let's focus on that because that's like you said, that's where the money is. That's where to me the more the intrigue is. 
Drew is going to take care of Drew at some He'll later point. He'll be fine. Point. Yeah, He'll I was going to say, Dolph is going to carry him along. For, well, I shouldn't say Dolph is going to carry him along. That storyline right. will carry along for itself. This, to me, is the bigger, more important storyline. And I think it's something to be said. A couple of quotes I wanted to, uh, I thought that was funny. We could kind of move on, go into uh, New Japan. Um, when, at the one, the very point, the front part of the segment, when Roman Reigns and, uh, Seth held up their individual titles and he was like, everybody wants these. And you can kind of see like Dean Snake <laughs> yep. back in the back. I was like, okay, yeah, everybody oh, yeah. wants these, all right. These see, you keep, yeah, you keep doing that shit, you see what happens. And the other thing I took away from that was, uh, damn, I can't even read my own handwriting, that uh, when Dean Ambrose was like, when he started the promo, was like, you know, we've had a lot of battles, but we never lost a war. And I kind of... It's that little foreshadowing that I like that WWE kind of got away from. But when they put their mind to it, I think they do a really good job. And yeah, mark the date down, whatever date this right. is. I'm giving <laughs> WWE creative credit. When they put their mind to it, they can do it and they do it very well. It's just one of those things where they just so they're so invested on a handful of guys, Roman Reigns, The Shield, Drew Dolph Braun, that you don't get you know, a matriculation of good storytelling down the line to the mid card. God forbid, you know, we haven't seen Kurt Hawkins and God knows when, but you know, when you see him, you know what he's getting ready to do, right? It's like, it's like they are just kind of giving you a very subpar hand job for like months. And then every now and then they're like, snick a little finger up your ass and you're like, Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, Oh, I like that. Like maybe, maybe more of that. <laughs> and you wonder, feels- <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. No, just maybe, you know, maybe a little more of that. Less of the subpar hand job. I don't know. It just feels like they're finally trying again. Like they're 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 kind of trying to listen to us. Maybe, maybe, maybe Maybe trying to listen. But that's a maybe because tomorrow they could turn around and completely screw us. I want to see what they do down in Australia for this house show. I know it's a house show, but in your house, Australia. Yeah, I was getting ready to say. I think they're going to do maybe a swerve or two. uh, Look for Buddy Murphy to win the cruiserweight title. And on that lovely note, we will kick it to our. Two count. Two beer. Talk to me about New Japan, baby. Oh, man. Uh, we already talked a little bit about the earlier shows in Destruction, which were... Okay, it was nice to have New Japan back uh, with the Destruction Tour and, like, Hiroshima and... I forget where the other one was. The main events were Kobe. pretty good. No, Kobe was the last one, but there was two before that. There was Hiroshima and then there was another one. Or maybe it was just a Road 2. It was uh, a Road 2, if road I'm not two. mistaken. And, you know, had good main events, especially that tag match that we already talked about. Uh, but Destruction in Kobe was, you know, talk about turning on a wrestling show. You know, I kind of get home, get the kids settled, cook some dinner, you know, have a beer or two, get everybody, you know, bath, showers, homework, and then, like, retire to the bedroom and turn on a wrestling show that's four and a half hours. Usually, especially this is WWE, two hours in, I'd be four more beers in and I'd be turning it off to go to sleep. <laughs> Watch this whole motherfucker because the show from top to bottom was great. Uh, the the curtain jerker was two guys I've never seen before. Uh, apparently, they've drawn 14 times. They had 14 10 limit, 10 minute time limit draws. Uh, and they killed it. They had a great match and t- another 10-minute draw. Yeah. And these guys are like young Lions, apparently they're like five, six months in. And these guys are better than... They did a better match than almost anything you'd see on a Raw or SmackDown on a weekly basis. I agree. Um, and, you know, from then it just gets better. Uh, we had a total absolute five-star match with Tanahashi and Okada. You think, oh, we're going to see Tanahashi and Okada again. We've seen this like 12 times. This is... Arguably, whoa, my chair just collapsed. Okay, see, see, everybody saw that, right? Whoa. Drunky over here, case in the chair. Jeez. Where's your little brown bag? I think think the universe is telling me something. (laughs) But, uh, you know, this is arguably the most storied rivalry in wrestling history. And these guys put on another clinic. Uh, This thing was great, top to bottom. Great match. And then we had... The mother of all turns. Thank you. That's what I want to talk about. I mean, that's the real story here. Again, we have Okada not being able to oust Tanahashi for the briefcase. Uh, That was what was on the line, his Tokyo Dome briefcase. But so uh, Jay White comes out after the match, gives Tanahashi a Blade Runner. Typical Jay White heel stuff. 
Then he starts laying into Okada, and we've seen this for months, like Jay White being part of Chaos Crew, but not really being with the other guys. Quick side though, the, those G1 tag matches, when they teased it, teased it, teased it, teased it, and Bill's like, well, I don't watch those. You know, those are boring. Blah, blah, blah. You gotta watch Just it. Just like, this is why you gotta watch it, because now here's the payoff. Go ahead. And there's and all the storytelling is done right there. There's no like long promos. There's no weird vignettes. It's all done in the ring. Right. And so, yeah, those tag matches are perfect. And we even saw some foreshadowing earlier whenever uh, Yoshihashi and Will Ospreay walked out on Jay White right. earlier in the um, in the card, which they had a great match as well. Um, so anyway, Jay White comes out, Tanahashi Blade Runner puts the boots to Okada, uh, then Gato comes out, and you think. Was it Gato or is Yoshiashi first? No, no, it was Gato. Gato, yeah, Gato comes out first. Gato, who is the booker for New Japan, he is 100% Okada's guy. They've been together for seven years. Takes the chair away from Jay White before he can, you know, put it into him. Okada turns his back and Gato hits him with the chair. Didn't see it coming. Did not see it coming. Why would you? I mean, this is seven years. These guys are through thick and thin. He's made... Okada, the star, he's main evented the Tokyo Dome the last six years. Uh, I mean, just uh, Okada is arguably the greatest wrestler living today, and it's because of Gato and Gato's push. So Gato turns tables on him. Yoshihashi comes down and pulls a Titus O'Neil. <laughs> I mean, it was it was disgusting, <laughs> dude. Like, he bit it. At and least, then got back up and started the fight. I'm like, oh no, this is not going to end well, dude. At least at least Titus went under the ring. I'm pretty sure I heard Yoshihashi's head smash into the fucking bust himself open, and then he has to go in and finish the angle. Yeah, with uh. Okada and Jay White, oh, and Jay White disposes of him, and he's outside <laughs> the ring, and the young lions are crawling over him. He's bleeding everywhere. I'm like, God damn! I know you feel stupid right now, dude. And Jay White is so good. Like we saw it. Remember whenever uh, they had that thing with they injured Jim Ross, and Josh Barnett got pissed, and Jay White just worked on his feet, and he was like being the heel and he's fucking running away from Barnett and fucking he never stopped and freaked out he just worked it into the psychology right same thing Yoshihashi comes down busts his fucking head open he's bleeding everywhere what does Jay White do he goes over to him grabs his head gets as much blood on his hands as he can and wipes it all over his own face dude total heel you, move. you can't ask for more than that yeah. okay that's the stuff that I think that Jay White starts to separate him from everybody else. To me, it's the psychology of what he does. When he had the U.S. title match with Juice Robinson and the the crowd literally turned on a dime at one point and he was the most hated guy in the room. Dude, I love Jay White. His character That's, work. Real quick before uh, Murray Man, I'm sorry. Uh, this is the new... Like, we now have Gato behind a new star. So, obviously, we're going to have... Uh, him face Tanahashi for the briefcase, which is only logical. And again, all this makes sense. Right. Like, it's not like some WWE bullshit where they just have him turn on him for like a few quick YouTube views and then they forget about it the next week. We're going to have Jay White versus Tanahashi for the briefcase because he beat him in the, J1, the G1. And then we're probably going to have him versus Okada at the fucking Madison Square Garden show. Sounds like Mojo Raleigh. Where is Mojo Raleigh these days? Yeah. Thoughts on New Japan, Murray Man. Man, <clears throat> to be honest, I'm still a little behind on New Japan. I need to get world Uh-oh. so Uh-oh. bad. Uh-oh. I know. I'll, share, I'll share my password. Yeah, I was about to say, okay. go ahead, cut the promo. Because, <laughs> actually, no, I will not share my password, New Japan World. Because <laughs> I will no, not do that because that would do be... That. Yeah, we'll never no, do such but, thing. But I will say, it's the one thing I'm itching for the most because... It's the exact opposite of what I'm getting, and I want it really, really bad. So. Okay, see, that's that's the shit I'm talking about. Uh, quick fast forward. Actually, I'll go back to you, and then we'll go. I want to fast forward a little bit. So you were saying that Gato and Jay White are going to obviously start their own faction. I guess who does Yoshihashi come over? You can't just do this alone. He's going to need some sort of henchmen, some sort well, of fall guys. It's definitely not going to be Rocky Romero because him and Okada are tight. It's definitely not going to be... I mean, Yoshihashi could, but I don't see it happening. Uh, may, the guys that were conspicuously absent, Osprey was on the card and did not come out. Um, you know, because they were in the match earlier. He's done some heel work in uh, progress before. And then they also intentionally did not have um, the other Chaos members on the card, which was interesting 
because uh, you're like, why wouldn't this is a pretty big show? Like, why would you know, like Godo not be on the card? Right. That's a good reason. So maybe we see you know, kind of a a rift, you know, like we've seen in the Bullet, Bullet Club. Club. Uh, looking ahead, you have this weekend. We're going to have Juice versus Cody. Who you got? Ah, uh, man. See, that's tough because Cody uh, is the NWA champ. So you either have the NWA champ lose in his first big match since winning, or you have him take two belts. Um, and he's going to be facing Nick Aldis for an NWA rematch uh, pretty soon, anyway. Um, you know, is it a title versus title match? No, no it's, it's just, just for, for Juice's oh, for U.S. Ju- title. I think Juice is pretty over in America. I mean, Cody is too. Um, I don't think it hurts Cody to lose, and I think it helps Juice a lot more to win. I uh, so I would. I'm. I'm going to think since in, since they're more logical. I'm going to. I'm going to say Juice Robinson. Bucks versus God. Who you got? Uh, honestly, I think it's better to give it to God, and I think they'll do that. Even though the Bucks are so huge, but they're not going to Japan as often. They're big stars over here. They don't need to be doing those undercard tag matches all the time in New Japan. They've got families over here. Uh, give the belts away. Give them to somebody who's going to have more exposure. We've already got the fucking Intercontinental Championship fucking lost with Jericho. You know, it's going to be on ice for however long. So we don't want the fucking heavyweight tag titles. You know, there's like bunches of other tag titles, but the heavyweight ones. Uh, so I say they give it to G.O.D. Okay. All right. As Murray Man cracks open his third beer, we will move on to our, <laughs> how you like me now, three count. <laughs> and the three count this week is Such going to be what actually the fuck happened in Milwaukee? Now that we have Aiden English and the Rusev split finally coming to pass, and we ask the inevitable question: Why, Aiden? Why? I hate that. By the way, who gives a shit? He turned on you, man. I you love should it. be no. You need to be whooping his narrow ass, especially after he's <laughs> you know he kind of disrespected your wife in this form of fashion. Fuck you, man. I was about to say I'm whooping your ass. Why, Aiden? Why? The question is answered. He threw it on everybody but himself. Not as the reason why. You know we had this going on you know i brought us back to the prosperity which in one man's humble opinion i think they did but i'm sure i will get argued about that yeah, that was real that was reality based i like that number one who do you side with aiden english or rusev and number two what happened in milwaukee murray man go so i'm not gonna lie i'm gonna go with rusev but I think whatever they're doing is awesome. They're again, kind of like on Raw. They're they're twisting it up. Like what's going to happen next? I love that. I eat that shit up. And we talked about last week how Aiden English wasn't necessarily like what to do with him after this is done. I think because he's obviously be great. he's getting ready to get fed to Rusev. Do we he not is, agree? But I, but I think if they do it just right, he won't be fed to him. He'll if they tell a good enough story. Like obviously they're not doing anything else with the two of them. So they're putting them together again, but as feud. If they can do that and continue telling a story, they could push Aiden English while destroying him at the same time. I, there's got to be a creative way of doing it. I'm not putting that on WWE to actually pull that off. <laughs> <laughs> but this is my this is my like God mode. You know, I see him being able to come out of it as a good heel or whatever. They could double turn him it too. I mean, they, you know, there's there's options. I like it though. I don't. I like those two together, no matter how they use them. Okay. So, all right. I'm with, What do you think? I'm with you on that. Uh, I have handsome Rusev, as I always will. <laughs> always. He's such a handsome boy. He is a handsome boy. See, uh, see, Bill. We talk about Rusev when you're not here. Absolutely. But um, no. To kind of piggyback on Murray, uh, I agree. <laughs> One thing they could do is have this feud. You know, be like a you know, kind of a brotherly spat right. and then they come together at the end and then they're back together. Right. You know, so they like don't do that happen. Yeah. And it could be fresh. Last time I remember like a big one like that happening, even though they weren't together at first, like Seamus and Cesaro did that best of oh, seven. Yeah. And then they became like one of the best tag teams in the yep. fucking, I agree, you know, WWE. So that could be something that they do bringing Lana into it. Uh, I mean, it's, it's easy. It's, it's cheap writing and you know, she's the sex kitten. So obviously he's going to go right there, you know, now, do fans that haven't been watching for a while realize that like four weeks ago Lana still had an accent? Uh, she she turns it on and off all yeah, the time. Yeah, I was getting ready to say like I, when she says "rusive," she says it with an accent. Well, I, I just I kind of think, and that's where I think part of the problem is with Rusev and Lana and Rusev Day in general is that when they broke them away from each other, 
you Lana just kind of lost the the natural right. Um, was it muscle memory of you know rolling the R's or whatever? She you know she forgot that she was quote unquote Russian they did it and to like Kofi total too, divas though. and shit. You know yeah, like exactly. she's not out there fucking right right. So calling it, everybody comrade on fucking total divas. So it, it, just to right. kind of piggyback on that, I think that's that was kind of part of the problem. Then you know Rusev in general lost some popularity, and then they were finally smart enough to get them back together. Throw Aiden English on top of it, you had something going. Right. I actually lean towards Aiden English on this because like a, and. That's the reason why I lean towards him. Rusev went on a nice little downward spirit. I sat in that chair right there and, and yelled at Bill for the better part of six months. Poor Sam had to listen to it. That it, how Rusev <laughs> wasn't this major star. And he went down on this downward slide that just didn't look good because you could see he had the talent. He just never they never pushed him in a spot where you can actually utilize that talent. Now that he was kind of getting well, he, the Rusev day was getting over. And then on top of it, you can uh use that to spear off this new storyline, I lean towards Aiden English. If Aiden English never came along, where's Rusev now at this point? I mean, he's he's rolling around here with uh, Ty Dillinger or whatever. Ty Dillinger's claim to fame now is getting worked on by Randy Orton. Yeah, that's all bad. Okay, that, that's all I'm saying. Okay, so what happens in Milwaukee? Quick thoughts. What do you think will happen? Oh, is this a sex tape thing? I think they'll, it'll be something like very inconclusive to where like they'll show like a night vision camera of like uh, you know Lana wanting to confide in Aiden English or something about something, and then like there's like a very ambiguous like it won't be like Val Venus and Terry Runnels like where like hey I'm fucking your wife and she's I'm gonna do a whole promo and then your wife's gonna come out from under the covers like and call on you gold dust like that's they're not gonna do that uh, damn um, it. especially with like the total divas and stuff going on it'll be all ambiguous and then you know it'll be nothing. What happened in Milwaukee? Uh. Oh man, um, I think it's going to turn out to be something stupid. I kind of agree with you on because that. that's I, what I, they've I been no, doing with them. I have like they'll no set them up like this whatsoever. something crazy is going to happen, and then it's something stupid. So it's probably them like sharing some of the new day's pancakes or something. Like it's <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not going to turn out to be anything that gnarly because again, we're in a PG era. Like you guys said, it's not going to be like in the Attitude Era where they're. There's some sex scandal involved. Like, maybe Aiden English made a pass all drunk or something. You know, like, I don't think they're going to do anything significant with that. See, this is where I have... But they're they're making us question it and talk and, about and it. That's it makes the only me want to watch next yeah, week. Yeah, I was exactly. going to say, we're all going to watch, but this is the only problem what I have that's moving forward is that now creative is going to get in their own way. Instead of just making this about straight revenge, you know, you did me dirty, I thought we were boys, now you're going to throw in some guy knows what kind of tape you have because he said it. he had audio or video evidence? Video, 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 video evidence, evidence. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to see some crazy tape next week and you know how WWE is, shit, we did House of Fucking Horrors with Randy yeah, it'll Orton. It'll probably be like Aiden English with a fucking mop. You know, like... <laughs> <laughs> Just something fucking stupid like that. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be her at all. It, just, it won't even be like a person. It's going to end up being Carmella because everybody's confused. Dude, on that <laughs> and she had to dye her hair just to change that. Yeah, yeah. I, I like Carmella's I new hair. Too. I was about to say, I, I like her better as a brunette than a blind. I'm I don't, I don't like her as a, not a heel, but... Well, well, yeah. anyway. we'll talk about that. <laughs> now we'll wrap it up for our three counts. All right, we're going to move to our third sponsor this evening that is near to, and dear to my heart, part of the quote-unquote South Hampton Mafia. We're going to call it F&B Eatery. We're not going to call it. They call it F&B Eatery. I just repeat the name. F&B Eatery. F&B, what do you think F&B stands for? Food and beverage, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Easy to think about, but if you don't know, now you know. We're going to find that on 3453 South Hampton. That's going to be on the corner of Marquette and Hampton. Uh, I would check out actually their Facebook page because their Facebook page tells daily specials uh over the weekend they did steak and eggs uh late last week they did uh, a shrimp sandwich and also you want to definitely check out the times that they're open because like my restaurant they are open on selective days they are closed on mondays and tuesdays then they're open wednesday to friday from eight to two they close down for a little bit to get readjusted and then reopen back up from five to nine and then on saturday and sunday they're open from eight to two so there's a good time if you're looking for steak and eggs because i know myself 
I'm usually a hungover guy on a Sunday morning. If I could get my narrow ass up for to have somebody to cook me steak and eggs, guess what I'm going to do? Trump my narrow ass down to F&B Eatery on 4353 Southampton. Tell them JCB sent you. Make that ass a little less narrow. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Sam. This is banned from ringside. <laughs> Look on your face is great. People are listening on uh, Instagram, by the way. Oh, okay. Even better. Shit. Hi, mom. I'd say your mom better not be listening on this. Okay. Um, two beer. What time we got? Six forty-one. Okay, perfect. We got plenty of time. Okay, we're just gonna hit up a bunch of odds and ends. Uh, any questions that we need to know about? Yes, no, maybe so. Okay. Uh, somebody want to know where Veggie was, but we already explained that. Yeah, just so just say, watch it back. Okay, no, I was getting ready to say, we can talk about it right here. This is banned from ringside. Just a quick update on where, where Bill Veggie is. Bill Veggie's with his dad. They're doing dad and son time. Okay, just a quick finger cross for Bill, everybody. Let's put your head down and open up the banned from ringside volume I believe this is now 78, chapter 3, verse 16, hashtag Booty Heels. Pray for this man. Here's the thing. Bill's dad's been in prison his whole life. (laughs) He just got out. (laughs) So they're probably somewhere in uh, Tower Grove playing catch, just trying to catch up on things they missed out. Now, now. you know better than that. We're just praying to God he doesn't pass out in front of his old man, for Christ's sake. That's what I'm tripping off of. All right, let's jump into some hots and is. Uh... We can, we can start with uh, Becky Charlotte because it's the first thing I see. Becky, once again, a nice little beat down, reestablishing the fact that she is the king, or I'm sorry, in this case, the queen pin of the women's division on SmackDown. Thoughts on Becky and Charlotte. Murray, man. I eat it up, man. That's the reason why I watch SmackDown, um, to be completely honest. Did you watch uh, Becky and Lana? Yes. Thoughts? Uh, it was all right. Yeah, I mean it. It told it told the story it was supposed to tell. It wasn't it, it wasn't an amazing match by any means, but I think the story was there, and just the whole thing with Becky just doing whatever she wants yet again. I'm into it. Like I'm I'm just I'm I'm I am I have bought into the Becky Charlotte thing because we're not doing predictions. Becky Charlotte, who you got? Becky. AJ Joe. AJ Joe did a nice little callback to the Attitude Era. The Attitude Era has been talked about recently as the best of the bunch of all the quote unquote eras that we had in WWE, where Joe magically pops up at AJ Styles' house with the white picket fence and Styles on the uh, the mailbox. Thoughts on Joe's pop-up at AJ Styles' house. So, here's the thing. Uh, A lot of the Attitude Era was fucking garbage, guys. Like, it was really bad. Mm. But the Attitude Era brought us some amazing stars and some amazing moments. And WWE is all about moments. Uh, But if you slog through Monday nights like I have been, you know, in my off time, uh, a lot of it's real bad. Uh, (laughs) you, you, You forget about the bad. But one of the best things about the Attitude Era, like at the beginning of the kickoff, was Stone Cold charging into Brian Pillman's house and Brian Pillman oh, pulling yeah. a fucking gun on. It was great. <laughs> oh, my it was God. Amazing. It, it was, was great That's TV. like one of my favorite fondest childhood memories. I'm like, oh, my God, like Stone Cold's going to die. Like, cause, I mean, I was like purely into kayfabe at the time. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, like yeah. 11 years old. Yeah. And I was like, Brian Pillman like broke that fourth wall all the time anyway. And I was, I was like, he's going to fucking kill him. Uh, anyway, we got like some, you know, it was reminiscent of that. I really dug it. It was kind of cheesy, but I mean, it's great. Like, you know, he just ends it with a uh, daddy's home and he fucking rings the doorbell. That's, that's proof of horrible, horrible writing that Joe is able to make. He can amazing. flip it. Yeah, he, he can, can make turn it around. Sound he great. made it sound good and like Kate Fearish, you know, yeah, scary yeah. enough to where I was like, man, fuck. I feel and AJ scared. sold it too. He's like, please, please, Joe. Like, I'll do, you know, it was like, right, he yeah, was like it was pleading great. with him. Like, And it's, it's one of the few times because AJ gets knocked all the time because he's bad at his promos and he's not, he's not rocked by any stretch of imagination, but he's not the worst thing on the planet. He's a better wrestler than he is a promo. That's yeah. all. He's Bingo. just goofy. No, that's, that's a great call. Great call. Daniel Bryan and The Miz this week. Uh, Miz with another amazing promo coming out and basically throwing down the challenge that this is the only way that to, to beat me is to... You're going to have to cheat. Break your moral code in order to beat me and get the universe, I'm sorry, the WWE championship title shot. Does Daniel Bryan break his moral code? Ah, man, I don't know. Like, I feel like he's going to, because he's so, you know, he's such a face, he's going to find a way to do it without having to do that. 
I don't know what that means exactly. Uh, no, he's no? not. He's not. I don't think he's going to break his moral code. Uh, I think he could, but I don't think he's going to. Two bear, yes or no? Yeah, I think they might tease it, uh, kind of like you know Gargano whenever him and Champa were wrestling it, and he's like he could have smashed the fucking crutch into his face, but he right. just didn't do it. Uh, something like that, you know. He has the knuckle, brass knuckles that he takes from Miz in his hand, and that's his downfall is he doesn't take the swing and Miz takes advantage. Something like that. Uh, it's a good tease, but for, I mean, this is very clearly, Miz is a great heel, even though people like him and cheer him because he's so good as, as a heel. Uh, Brian's a great face. I, I don't want to see any kind of, like, turns here. Uh or, they're going to stretch it out. They're going to stretch it out. There's not going to be a, a conclusion to this no. saga. Okay. Not All yet, right. anyway. All right. That's why I want to hear. You know, that's that analysis that we pay you jokers for. <laughs> um, the Riot Squad on Monday night had to face <sighs> the Bellas and Natty and Liv <laughs> Morgan. God bless you. Our day. Yeah. Get well soon, Liv Morgan takes a couple of nice <sighs> shots in the face. No pun intended. Oh, Jesus. From Bella. And Brie <laughs> Bella. That's sad. Hey, look. No pun intended. <laughs> Brie Bella kicks her face, kicks her in the face twice, <laughs> knocking her out. Who is at fault? Uh, Brie Bella he's got or the right Liv Morgan? Two beer, go. Uh, the ref. Yeah, I agree. The ref. Uh, you know, fucking shit happens. People get concussed all the time. Uh, we see it happen all the time. You know, Brie concussed her, and there's definitely, you know, you can't. She was out. Oh, yeah. yeah. She was out. There's Just no question about up. it. She like. kicked her once in the head or in the jaw, and that was enough for her to fall forward and get kicked in the face again. So, I mean, that happened. And, it, I mean, that's something that Brie did, and I would hope that she hopes that or wishes that she didn't do that. But, you know, I think people are coming down pretty hard on Brie because she had those terrible suicide dives a couple weeks ago. Um, but really the person that's at fault is either the ref or the person that's on the mic, whether it's Vince or Shane or whoever, fucking Paul yeah. Levesque or whoever's on the mic, Stephanie, p- throw up the fucking X. She's obviously unconscious. Get this fucking girl out of here. Stop the match. It, as yeah. much as I hate the Bellas and I will say it as many times as I have to say it, as much as I completely think they are a, uh, um, a poison Ooh. Ooh. to professional wrestling. Damn. Yes, sir. Um, I don't blame Brie here. Like that that kind of stuff ha- it was not malicious. She clearly was not trying to knock her out. There was I agree. No- there was nothing there. I agree with him though. Like that's something that clearly there was a couple of attempts where Brie tried to pick her up and like help her to the corner. Which is also fucked up. <laughs> exactly. Because like if she's injured, you don't know the extent of her injuries. Exactly. Her fucking husband, like, is on constant watch for concussion stuff. Right. And then her sister <laughs> nearly ended her career with a neck injury, and her first, like, thought is to fucking pick her up and drag her. Like, just leave her alone and, like, throw Let up the, the X yourself. take care of it. Yeah. But, but he, she literally picked her up two or three times and tried to drag her to the corner. Yeah, that's just there's a lot of bad things there. Like, so it's an unfortunate thing, but I don't, I, you know, there was obviously nothing malicious, no malicious play or anything like that, that I can see. I think it's a combination of both. Both people have to take blame for this. Um, I I, I can go with that. uh, Revival. Did the revival have their best tag team match on the main roster on Monday night? Two beer. Absolutely did. They looked like the revival of NXT. So yeah, it's, so then I guess my piggyback question, then we could jump into NXT. Did Is this an indictment on the fact that they we're not putting them with talent? We're not giving a shit about the tag team division. Why is the revival after a year and a half of being on the main roster just getting their best championship match? I think it's because in NXT they were so hot because NXT is so different. It's such a different brand and they were perfect for that tag team vision. Because they had so much going for them, they brought them up to the main roster thinking that would all come with them, and they just weren't ready yet. Not not, not that they weren't physically ready yet. They were perfect to bring up at any point in their career. But there was nowhere for them to go. Like, what were they going to do? Go against Sheamus? You know, and, and you know the bar. There was the tag team division was in shambles by the time they came up to the main roster. 
So, yes, they had their best match, and I think the reason is because they can finally start to water things out, or not water things down, but the the tag team division is slowly, finally becoming fun again, and they have a place. Like I, so I don't know. I don't know that I have a specific reason why they're better that on Monday than they were than they have been since they've been on the main roster. But I think they're finally trying to give them a chance because enough people have been bitching for long enough. I mean that you know with Roman, obviously that doesn't matter. But I think they're just finally getting the chance they deserve. Um, because there's time now there, they can actually fit them into a ta- the tag team division and hopefully help mold that forward. Well, be, no, go ahead. Super. Cool thing is, is, uh, this was not just a squash because drew right. and, exactly. and, uh, Ziggler obviously stars, uh, revival up until this point have basically been jobbers. They could have done a five minute squash match. Uh, they let the revival look real good here. Yeah. Um, Especially with them having like with, with uh, Ziggler and, and them having like seven segments on raw. Oh yeah. And they still didn't just completely smash them. They got them over a little bit. Like it was nice. Okay. Let's jump to uh, NXT real quick. I'm seeing Sam starting to fidget. So I want to get it all in. Um, Velveteen sitting over there completely yeah, still. No, he's yeah, right. <laughs> Velveteen Dream throws uh, uh, the Champa underneath the bus. Do we get a Champa Velveteen Dream match, Murray Man? I hope so. I I want to see it. Like, cause that's that's two completely different worlds clashing there. Like, I I want to see what Velveteen brings against Champa like that. They're two of my favorite NXT wrestlers of all time, not just currently, but. Since the inception of of NXT, they're two of my absolute favorites, and but they're both kind of heel. I mean, right. obviously, Champa's heel. Right, Velveteen is that anti hero, which I love the most. I I I, I want to see it. Let's just put it that way. I think we're gonna go. I think they're just biding time until Black comes back, and then <sighs> you come back to Champa Black Gargano Triple Threat, and then somewhere into that mix is where you're going to get. Uh, the answer of who it's attacked Aleister Black. I still say it's going to end up coming to be Johnny Gargano. That's just my guess on it. They're going to flip him, you say? I'm not saying they're going to flip him, but I mean, you can't get kicked in the face and then, you know, lose the title, get kicked in the face, go in this little career slump for like a month or so and not get a little retribution. Right. He, nobody sees it. You know, his wife can't, you know, uh, identify his whereabouts. It makes sense. And it would be the most interesting candidate in I agree. keeps I that agree story with that. going. What were you going to say before we move on? Um, that I think that I don't remember where I was going to go with that. Okay. Well, shit. Well, speaking uh, of- <laughs> NXT, though, uh, I cannot wait. This is another reason. We talk about, oh, I kind of want to see where this storyline goes or this storyline goes with uh, WWE. Fuck, they might not even know right. uh, is the sad thing. But watch NXT this week and William Regal's out there and he's like two weeks you're going to face and he's talking to Adam Cole you're going to face Ricochet and Pete Dunne in a triple threat match (laughs) that's on regular TV (laughs) we we already had what (laughs) could have been you know a five star match if the fucking finish wasn't so terrible with Pete Dunne and Ricochet no it wasn't done terrible it's the only way you could have done it I know but what I mean was by See, that, that is it. it I, I agree the with WWE main roster. I agree with you the with booking. Poison. No, I agree with the booking. It's just that it it does put like a, a stigma on that match because it had everything leading up to being an amazing match, but then you it, it kind of disqualifies it from being like a match of the year or anything like that. Okay, that's okay, all I mean enough. by that. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, so we've got that triple threat, and then we also have the War Raiders versus uh, fucking uh, O'Reilly and. Uh, Roderick Strong for yes. the titles in three weeks. And, you know, War Raiders are undefeated. Yeah, I love them. And, and I was getting ready to say, and this is where I think you might see the return of Bobby Fish. So Go ahead. What, what I was going to say, and now I remember, is that I feel like eventually they're going to have to turn Alistair heel. Why you say that? I think it just fits him. I think he'd be a great heel because he's, he's, yeah, he could be an anti-hero, but could he really be a full-on face? I don't know if I believe that. Like, he's just got that darkness to him. He's got that whole, I think he would be an amazing heel. And putting him He's, he's with done dark- heel work in the past before he was NXT. Exactly, he was, exactly. He was a great, and he was great. He's great on the mic. what are they going to do? If they move him to the main roster, there's no way he's going to play face. There's no fucking way he's playing face on the main roster. Okay, here's my counter at, counterpoint to that. 
you got the hottest heel, arguably, in wrestling in Ciampa right now. So now you're going to make a, a second, I guess, the number two guy. To me, Lars Sullivan is that number two guy. Or if you want to put Velveteen Dream on the heel side of the ledger, I agree. you can I go with that saying. route. That's the I reason just, why they wouldn't do it. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, look at Bobby Roode. We're like, oh, he would never be face. And then, and then he moves to the main roster, roster and he's face. He's face so, yeah. but, that, but that, I think that's Vince, and I think that's that's a, another story for another of time. Course, Black's going sooner rather than later. Right. Does he leave before the end of the year? Uh, I could see him in the Royal Rumble. Does he leave before the end of the year? I don't think they're going to wait. I think they're going to wait. Because they're they're gonna play off of this whatever this is I don't know it, just, it it depending on what this comes out to once he comes back they they've just kind of thrown people onto the main roster before that are ready and he's obviously ready so it could happen I agree with Tubier on this one I think he's at the Royal Rumble but I don't think he's there until they do their next um, draft draft or whatever the case I, may I be go with that uh, thoughts on the May Young Classic on Wednesday night Tubier. Uh, most of it was good. Um, my biggest complaint was they put Zaya Brookside with Io Shirai because I really like both those ladies. And, of course, Io Shirai is going to go over Zaya Brookside. Hey, wait, 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 wait. No spoilers this week. I know that everybody's got the yeah. goddamn internet, but no spoilers. Yes. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> so that, leave that, anything out this week. Yeah, that was the main event. Uh, and, yeah, Io Shirai uh, goes over. She's, you know... One of the greatest uh, Dude, wrestlers in, in the world. She's, I, I'm, she's great. I'm, I'm not saying it as the usual. I'm in love, kind of J-, J Bell. Sure. This. She's so. If I start watching her on a, a week to week basis, dig up her YouTube videos or whatever. I think Charlotte is like the greatest thing since sliced Wonder Bread. This is the first time I saw her on Wednesday night. Charlotte might be getting replaced here in a little bit. Yeah, she's amazing, and uh, Zaya's nineteen. Yeah, so, I didn't think she was going to go know, over But anyway. at the same time, I would have liked to... She's got charisma. She's got a good look. Like, she's talented for her age, and I would like to see her go a little farther and she's in the got tournament. Go, we've got this little backstory to go with it. Murray, man, go ahead. I'm still catching up, to be honest with you. I'm still... Haven't I'm still, seen any of it? No, I have. I just... I'm I'm working my way up to the newer... Who's the, the most impressive person that you've seen so far in the May Young tournament? Oh, man. I'm so bad with their names. Um, oh, man. To be honest, I'm not sure because I'm still super fresh into the May Young class. Everybody says I smoke too much weed. <laughs> Nicole <laughs> Matthews. <laughs> Nicole Matthews, I thought, was really good when she put that Boston Crab on uh, old girl and then put the I knee like, on the back of her head like uh, Chris Jericho. That was good. And I actually, I really like Isla Dawn. Uh, my favorite yeah, thing, I even, Dawn. I even tweeted it. Uh, so, like, Isla Dawn's got a Scottish accent. She's She's Scotch. They fucking put subtitles. She speaks English. Dude, that's how I was tripping <laughs> like, off that too. Puts, I was I'm like, like I can exp- I can understand her perfectly. I was like, yeah, it's, it's, they're acting like this is Game of Thrones, like deep, you know. They didn't do that yeah. to Great Kali until like at the very end. Man, yeah. dude, nobody gives a fuck about what Great Kali's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, one last thought before we start getting up out of here. Uh, we did get a question from the internet. Uh, well, obviously from the internet because from that's the, the only place we go. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Will we Sumner, shout out to Willie Sumner. I heard from you in a little bit. Big shout out to one of our earliest fans, one of our earliest beefers. His question for us would be, would it be better to have lower card guys together? He used uh, Zach Ryder, Kurt Hawkins, Ty Dillinger as teams so you can use guys like Cesaro to build up the single, uh, single roster depth. Uh, his example would be you would have a Cesaro versus uh, a Nakamura match. So you would get the lower the lower guys together. Let's just say, for the sake of argument, you would have Zack Ryder and Ty Dillinger as a tag team. So then they could replace Cesaro and Sheamus. Cesaro goes off, I guess, then at this point, let's just say kayfabe style, because Nakamura is heel, you would make Cesaro the face and then have them as a, a running feud. Would you be okay with that sort of thought process, Murray? Man, it's going to be hard to replace the bar in that sense, just because they were the the unlikely duo that turned out to be great. But yes, I would love to see Cesaro finally get a singles push. He's needed it since he started in WWE, and yeah, him versus Nakamura. I think personally that would be fucking epic. Two beer. Will Cesaro ever get a singles legit singles? Push and I'm saying when I say legit, I'm talking about main 
upper echelon main card heavyweight title picture? Does he ever get a push? Will he? No. Does he deserve Perfect. it? Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, just look at the New Japan model. Like, I would like to see more lower card tag matches. So you get these guys on TV, and I, I want to see them wrestle. Right. You know, like that's the whole fucking reason you have a, such a stacked roster is so you can have people wrestle. Like, I don't give a shit to see 50 50 booking. I don't need to see Connor go over Chad Gable, who's one of the most oh, talented fucking people. I skipped over that for a reason. But no, go ahead, bring it up. Go I ahead. Don't, I don't need to see that fucking happen. It's like, awful. that's so that lame. was brutal. Okay, and, and I, I kind of get it. I kind of get it. You want to extend this feud, but do it with another team. The Ascension yeah. is the wrong team at the wrong place at the wrong time. They are, you are fucked him up, let Rude and Gable go over them, and then at, at some later point, you know, you have Bobby Rude, knock on wood, turning on Chad Gable. Um, I think that's going to kind oh, of... I, I do have to give a quick shout-out. Yeah, shout-outs, go! Uh, I've been so disgruntled with WWE that I actually started watching Impact, and if you've heard me on the show and know me, uh, I've never watched Impact, like, ever. Uh, but I'm... So, how many shows have you watched so far? Uh, all of September. Okay. Uh, what do you think? But the, I, I'm enjoying it. Like, I'm enjoying it. Uh, especially this last show, which was in Mexico City on the 20th. There's one tonight, but the 20th was taped in Mexico City. So we had the Lucha Brothers. Uh, we had OVE, uh, you know, uh, the Chris and Sammy Callahan. Shout uh, out Dave Chris. Yeah, shout out to Dave Chris. Cool guy. Um, versus some Luchadors that I was unfamiliar with, but they put on a great fucking show. Uh, you know, it's good. Like it's good. It's just it's worth watching. Like give Impact a chance if you lo- if you didn't watch it, if you've never watched it, if you stopped watching it. I'm enjoying it more than I am any WWE programming except for NXT. So okay, so just on that side note, I've done it. I've watched it. It went away away from it. I watched it and went away from it. Give me one reason why I should go home after this podcast and watch it right now. Fuck man. Uh, just two words like Lucha Brothers. Those motherfuckers are great. Phoenix and Pentagon Junior. Oh, I mean, just yeah. I mean, that's it. Okay, fair enough. Shit, I can roll with that. Murray man, any shout outs? Any love you want to give out while you got the chance? Shout outs to everybody. Love to everybody. Friends to everybody. <laughs> God damn! Just about you, to say, you, yeah. <laughs> about to say, you so vanilla. Oh, <laughs> Get mad for once. I'll do my ah! quick shout outs real quick. Shout out to everybody from at work. I love everybody. Thanks for taking care of me. Thanks for watching out for my boy, for my for your boy. And a shout out to we never talk about them, but they do run our podcast on their uh, sports inter- internet network, the Three and Out Sports Internet yeah, Network. Shout out to them. Shout out to them. <laughs> Check them out on their Facebook page. I believe it is these. Um, the sports report at the three and out radio network. Give them a follow. Check them out. They're, they take care of us on Friday night. So in turn, I want to take care of them. And that's going to wrap this some bitch up. Sorry, Bill. You can have this some bitch back. I'm good with it. I don't like this <laughs> motherfucker anymore. Sam, I am strike us up. If you will, please for shock city studio. Sam, <laughs> Sam, Sam messed it up. <laughs> don't put like, it on Sam now that he yeah, said it was his fault. Like, don't put that shit on Sam. <laughs> you wouldn't have said that. Before. For Shot City Studios. Check. For Sam the Baller Ball. Check. For F&B Eatery. Check. For Soul Taco. Check. Check. For JJ Twigs. Check. For the Murray Man. Murray. Murray Man. Chris Murray. 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 Check. For AC Two Beer. Zach Pullman. Cheers. For Two Beer. Oh, I'm sorry. For, for Bill. Bill, just don't get too drunk in front of your dad. I'm JCP. We'll holler at you next week. Hashtag Booty Hills, bitches. <laughs>